So this morning I do want to talk about prayer and fasting because we are entering into a time of prayer and fasting this week. Now, here are some different types of fasting. You can do a juice-only fast, right? This is kind of basically what I do because I need some calories in my brain. I'm already ADD enough (laughs) without any calories. I am completely useless, not just mostly useless. I go to completely, right? So for me, normally it's tomato juice or vegetable juice, something like that, that I will drink during that time and coffee. Uh, (laughs) But some people will fast from sugar, coffee, uh, et cetera. That might be what they fast from. Others from media, from TV, from movies, others from social media, news sites, radio, technology specific and social activities. But they're also, we're going to talk about other specific fasts that are um, having to do with eating. So what does fasting do? First of all, fasting disciplines our passions. It takes us away from things that we're, we're kind of, we get into that aren't necessarily spiritual, Right. And, uh, and all. So, so it focuses us back on the Lord. It is a source of spiritual power, power in our life, and, and it more focuses on the raw power that God has for all of us. And so it's a spiritual discipline that is taught in the Bible. And it means to voluntarily reduce or eliminate your intake of food for a specific time and purpose. And there are times also in the Bible where a couple would restrain from intimacy for agreed upon time or purpose. Right. And that would be specifically, I always understood that to be, hey, I'm going on a mission trip. Is that okay with you, dear or honey? Or I'm going to a conference. Is that okay with you? You know, and we give each other permission to go within a marriage. Okay. But to fast in the Greek means to abstain from something. In the Hebrew, it means to cover over your mouth or withhold your eating. Now, you want your fast to be purposeful. You don't want to wake up in the morning, be in a rush. Forget to eat breakfast and go, oh, by the way, God, that's a fast, right? That's kind of cheesy and cheating, right? Um, (laughs) But it's not for the purpose of losing weight. And let me tell you something. When I fast, I will lose weight. And when I break my fast, I gain it all back. (laughs) You know, just for you guys to get that out of your minds. it's, It's for a spiritual purpose. But it isn't a way to say that I'm better than you. It isn't a way to say, God, you owe me something, right? The only reason God would ever give us anything is because of Jesus Christ. We can't twist his arm to force him to do things. It isn't to walk around going, I'm fasting. Look how spiritual I am. It is a spiritual discipline for you to connect deeply with God, to watch God's power work in your life. So again, there are different types of fasts. Here are some proposed fasts for the modern person that can't abstain from food because a lot of people have conditions, high, high sugar, low sugar, low sodium, high sodium, whatever. Whatever it is that, where you may have to eat, um, these are, these are uh, things that you may do. But the types of fasts in the Bible are a total fast, completely from food, or a partial fast from certain foods or certain drinks, There's something called the Daniel fast. Remember Daniel? Didn't want to get caught up in the delicacies of this new world and and become conformed into the image of a Babylonian. So he said, I don't want to eat all the delicacies. Let me just eat vegetables and and, uh, fruit. That's it. And so we call that a Daniel fast, and that's completely biblical. You have intermittent fasts where you, you may only eat while the sun 
or you may only uh, eat when the sun is down. So that really limits, you know, because the sun rises, you get up, and then you, eat, you have a couple hours to eat in the evening. And that's an intermittent fast. And we see in the Bible that they didn't eat until nighttime, right? And so that happens sometimes. So that's called an intermittent fast, right? You have a Nazarite fast or Nazarite vow where men would fast from cutting their hair, but they'd also fast from any alcohol at all, right? If they uh, drank um, wine, it was just um, grape juice as opposed to fermented wine, right? Because wine is grape juice and fermented juice in, or fermented drink as, as well in the scriptures. Um, John the Baptist fasted by eating locusts and wild honey. Let me know if that's you because I want to interview you afterwards, you know? <laughs> I mean, the honey makes it sweet. I don't know. But anyways, so we have those different types of fasts. Now understand, we're not under the law. And as you guys choose this afternoon how to fast, choose wisely. Choose something that actually matters. But don't damage yourself as well physically uh, by, if you're a diabetic, just thrashing your diet and going into a coma and saying, oh, for the glory of God, you know, I forced myself into a coma. Don't do that, right? So these are various fasts as well because we're not under um, the law. Now, it can reasonably be ascertained if you choose to fast from coffee and you don't drink coffee, that's not a fast, right? I'm going to fast from alcohol. I haven't had a beer in a long time. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not a fast, okay? But the question is, why fast? And we're going to go through this fairly quickly. Well, one, Jesus expected us to fast. We'll see this in this verse. And Jesus also tells us our Heavenly Father is pleased with it. Matthew six seventeen. but when you fast... When you fast. So Jesus is expecting that you would fast, right? Anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, hey, if you're fasting from food and you're going out to someone with dinner, but you just go, you know, I'm not going to eat anything. Why? Why? You go, I'm fasting. No big deal. Whatever. You know, don't, don't be, um, don't lie. <laughs> you know, just tell them you're, you're fasting or whatever. But the idea is, look at me. <laughs> no, I'm so holy. That, that's, that's not the way you fast. And I'm horrible at it because, man, I'm a, I'm a bad faster. <laughs> but it reminds us to pray and gives us more time to pray and focuses us on prayer. So for me, waking up in the morning and feeling like I want to eat something, almost immediately I'm going to be reminded to pray. And for me, I might fast from my morning news gluttony because I, I read the news every morning. I catch up on what's been going on in the world every morning. And so it'll give me more time to pray and focus on prayer. But it also opens up God's will in a situation. Acts 13:2. as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now did the Holy Spirit say... Well, they're in a place of prayer and fasting and focus on the Lord. So whatever it was, an unction in the heart or an agreement amongst multiple people that this, this is what they feel to be right. It, the Lord spoke to my heart. Did he really? So don't get caught up in all that. People like to argue that. Knock it off. <laughs> the Lord has ways to communicate to us, right? So as they're together and they're fasting, they come to this agreement and they're able to say, the spirit led us very specifically in this way, Right? Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. 
Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. This is Paul's first missionary trip. He planted a bunch of churches and they prayed and they fasted beforehand. And even his partner was chosen by the Holy Spirit and the elders and the leaders and the teachers agreed and they sent them out together. That's awesome, right? And how did it come? Through prayer and fasting. Good reason to fast. Another reason, number five, it demonstrates the seriousness of your intent towards God. It is a spiritual discipline that is uncomfortable to involve yourselves in. You know, my, my wife and I would, would pray and fast when our kids were growing up from the time they were little, uh, every Monday. You know, now they're walking with the Lord. We probably still should pray and fast. We're going to have a grandson soon, <laughs> you know, but um, we, we, we used to do that every, every Monday. And that was something that was like, I didn't like it. Monday's my day off. Monday's a day to eat, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's my Sabbath day. Come on, you know, but, but we did that. But it, it, was, it was something that we felt was serious enough. Spiritual discipline is good to involve yourselves in, right? Uh, it is also a call to return to God. Joel has a lot to say about fasting. He says, consecrate a fast, set apart a fast. Call a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. There's pressure building in Joel's day. Joel 2.12, now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and with mourning. Show the seriousness of your desire to have me involved in your life. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great of kindness, and he relents from doing harm. And maybe you've been wandering a little bit in your walk with the Lord, or in the future, if that happens, maybe you should fast a couple of days and get back to the Lord. And so Joel would definitely agree um, with that. Why fast? Well, it's the humble response to immense responsibility. Lord, you're calling me to marry this woman and you're calling me to support and protect and to love this woman. If you're about to get married, maybe there's maybe some time of prayer and fasting because that's an immense responsibility. Or we're about to have a baby. God's about to drop this little ball of humanity on us and trust us with it. I don't know about you guys. Our first baby, we're thinking... They, they released us from the hospital. We're like, uh, uh, this baby's going to die. <laughs> you know, like, the second one, eh, let's go home. You know, but the first one, uh, you're scared to death, right? Like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know. Joel 2.15, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call the sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation. Something's happening. Assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babies. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nation should rule over them. Why should they say amongst the peoples, where is their God? Getting ready for something radical. Fasting is spiritually powerful, bringing victory over adversity and adversaries. And it humbles us and gives us a compassionate heart. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 8. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? Praying for an election, right? To undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, 
and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light shall break forth like the morning and your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Fasting also shows repentance. Judges 20, verse 26, Then all the children of Israel, that is, all the people, went up and came to the house of God and wept. And they sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until the evening, and they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord as they repented. Biblical examples of fasting. Moses fasted before he received the Ten Commandments. Pretty important, huh? David humbled himself before God to intervene because of injustice. And also in 2 Samuel, he fasted for the healing and miraculous intervention. Remember, his son was dying, and so he fasted and prayed. The Israelites fasted before a miraculous victory. Daniel fasted in order to receive guidance from God. And that's in Daniel chapter 9 where we get this great end times prophecy that we recently looked at. Nehemiah fasted before uh, beginning a major building project to protect him against the Assyrians, right? He wanted guidance from God. Mordecai. Mordecai was a relative to Esther, Queen Esther, where God brought great victory. And upon hearing the news of a man's desire to kill all of the Jews, he called all the Jews to pray and fast, and God did an incredible work. Jesus fasted during his victory over the temptation when Satan was tempting him. We just looked at that a while back. And the early church leaders fasted during decision-making times, Paul and Barnabas being sent out. Intimacy. When you fast, you're intimately being drawn back to the Lord. Insight, he gives you extra knowledge as you focus on him. And when you're plugged into the power, you have the motivation to do what God has called you to do. And fasting does these three things. Now, in Mark chapter nine, and it's in the other synoptic gospels as well, Jesus had gone up on the hill with Peter, James, and John, his inner circle, and he was transfigured. And it was this wonderful time. But at the bottom of the hill, a man had brought his demon-possessed son to the other nine disciples left down there. And he said, can you cast this demon out of my son? He keeps on hurting himself. And they couldn't do it. And, and, and they were freaked out. But what had happened before this? Jesus had sent them out a couple of times with the authority and the power to cast out demons and bring healing on people. And they had done it. They, they came back. They were so excited to tell Jesus all the cool things they were able to do. But here's the thing. They got to a point where they started to feel the power was from them. And they were no longer reliant upon God. This is a danger of the American church, right? We got so good at process and planning everything and the, the wealth that the, the American church has. We can just make everything look good, but we can leave the Holy Spirit and the power of God out, right? And that's, that's a problem with, with the wealth of the American church, right? We think we're so smart, we leave God out. So what had happened is they started to believe the power was from themselves. Do something for God in your own power, what do you get? A mess, right? 
you certainly don't get the right results. You know, churches in the flesh can gather a ton of people, but unless they're truly teaching the gospel, no one gets saved. They, they've left out the power. They look impressive, but they left out the power. So these guys are trying to uh, cast out this demon, but they've unplugged themselves from the source. So what happens? Well, they'd come into the house and his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind can only come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. And it wasn't the prayer and fasting that would have done it. It was the fact that they had left their source. And so the prayer and fasting connects them back to the source. Why do I know this? Because Jesus came down. This man complains about his useless disciples and Jesus looks at them, he looks at the man, and he casts out the demon. Jesus didn't pray or fast. Why didn't he have to pray and fast? Because he was never unconnected from the source, right? He, he was able to because he was still connected to the source. So if you want spiritual power, you stay connected to, to the source. And Jesus said, the prayer and fasting keeps you connected to the source, Again, intimacy, insight, and initiation is what fasting does for us. Now, keys. Choose your fast today. If you're going to fast with us, and I'm asking everybody in the church to do this. We want to see God move in the next couple months. Okay? So today, consider what you would fast from. And I kind of gave you a list of things that might be okay for you to fast from if you can't fast from food. Right? For me, uh, I drink... Uh, juice and water and coffee and I'll have uh, soup broth, things like that, you know, to keep my mind running because it's already deficit enough. But you may choose to do a, a complete fast and, and that's fine um, and that's good. But be smart about it. If you start to feel like you're harming your system, switch to how you do your fast. We're not under the law and God sees the intent of your heart. Okay? Don't, don't make this a legalistic practice. Uh, but but it, you will suffer a little bit, right? <laughs> Spend that extra time in God's word, in prayer, and worship. If you don't do this, all you're doing is not doing something. You, it's like you're not doing this, but you want to do this. That's what makes it valuable to stop this and do this. Okay? That's very important. Um, and come to any of the prayer meetings you can. Six, six o'clock tonight, we're going to be here in this room praying. Six o'clock tomorrow morning, we'll be in this room praying. Six o'clock tomorrow night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and then Wednesday night, if you've been fasting from food and you want to break your fast with us, we'll meet at six o'clock over here in the coffee shop and break our fast together. Okay? So that's kind of the schedule. 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Here's the thing, though. If you can't make it in, or maybe you live in Cal Allen and that's just not practical, or you live on the other side of the bay, and that's, that's fine. Set your alarm for six o'clock. Or set an alarm if you're already up at 6 o'clock and just pray with us for six, at 6 o'clock. You don't have to pray for a whole hour. It's okay. <laughs> you know, just spend a little bit of time and, and just pray with us and we'll be united as a church spiritually in that way. But if you can come to any of them, it's always a blessing to have you here in that time of prayer. Now, we started uh, fasting and praying like this about four or five years ago. And we've, on Tuesdays, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., we still do this. And this is how it started. And it's been a blessing ever since. Right? Maybe you'll become a 6 a.m. or on Tuesday mornings. Praise the Lord. It could happen. <laughs> so, um, but if you can make it, come. It's always a blessing. And then come to Wednesday night service. 
And it says break your fast Friday evening with us here. It isn't Friday evening. I know. I left that in there from way earlier. Uh, probably our first one. Anyways. But remember, when you pray and when you focus on spiritual things, look up first. It's about the Lord. Spend time with God, glorifying him, praying with him, spending time with him. And as you do that, you tend to see things in yourself that you need to deal with. And so you deal with those things in your life because you can grow definitely during this time. And then pray outside of yourself. So glorify the Lord, thank him, praise him, put him in the proper space, deal with your own sin and your issues and things that are going on, and then start to pray outward. And this is very important. In a marriage, a good marriage glorifies God and it's an illustration of God's love, Right? But if a marriage isn't doing well, it's not a good illustration of God's love. So should we keep on witnessing and not working on our marriage if our marriage is struggling? Or should we back up and focus on our marriage? We should back up and focus on our marriage so then our witnessing outside is productive, right? That's what you want to do. It's the same in your personal life. Your relationship with God needs to be strong. You need to deal with those things in yourself so you can be a better witness on the outside. So you're inviting someone to to something that is good, (laughs) that they're seeing in front of them is a good thing. It's good for my wife and I to get away every once in a while. You know, we just spent a a week in California and we had a wonderful time, you know, and and it was was just a a great time. You know, I I deem our, our little time away as, you know, return of the queen instead of return of the king. You know, Noreen was homecoming queen. So we went to her 40th uh, reunion, you know. And so I was, I was the fifth whale that whole time. But I enjoyed it. I had a great time, you know. I was with her, you know. It made me special, you know. But anyway, so, so it was a good time and, and, and all. And I don't know if I said this to you guys, but when we came back, we showed up at the airport, turned in our car, had all our luggage. I even had a surfboard with me. And I'm like, okay, we're here. We're ready to go. We're all on time and everything. And I put my, my card into the kiosk and it says, no reservation available. Oh my gosh. Airlines these days. Then I figured out I was a day early. Oops. <laughs> it was my fault. ADD to the max. But anyways... We had a nice relaxing day until I got to the airport the next day. (laughs) So anyways, I invite you to be a part of our fast coming up and uh, it'll be a a blessing. And, you know, if you go through this, you know, the Lord, the Lord will share to you. He's not limited to just, uh, you know, these three prayer requests, the election and these two outreaches. But you're going to find yourself praying for a lot of things, and maybe you'll find yourself praying more than you'd ever prayed in your life, you know? And what a blessing that is. Just make sure that you share with us some of the blessings that God brought um, uh, through the time of prayer and fasting, and you may make it a regular thing. Uh, Who knows?